2: Welcome listeners to the Extra Inch Podcast. This is a special bonus episode and I am joined by Billy T. How you doing, mate? Hi, hey, mate. I'm
3: very good. I'm very good. How are you?
2: Not bad. Not bad. So Billy oh. T is a member of the Hometown Glory podcast, but I think it's fair to say that you probably all best know him as the funniest person on spurs twitter
3: i don't know about that like i always i always say like Tottenham make it very easy to be funny in the first place it's just like it's more just a case of like pointing at things rather than actual making anything of any substance of humor yourself it's just like look at this thing that we did (laughs) more than anything
2: yeah yeah fair enough well anyway you're on the extra inch and uh
3: Oh, it's a pleasure. Pleasure to be
2: here, man. All forms of humor <laughs> and fun are, you know, completely contraband. Obviously, we're here to, of course, of uh, to have a very serious discussion. Billy, you seem like a really good guy. Um, I think you're very funny, but uh, we're gonna we're gonna have an argument. We're gonna have a disagreement, yes. and we're gonna go yeah. over this.
3: I've got my uh, ex pitchforks ready. as so i not an all-time
2: high at the moment? Yeah, yeah. Nice. <laughs> so uh, we're here to talk about Enoch Out. Um I this is. Uh, always been pretty much a movement in within the spurs fan base i'm I'm pretty sure um or at least pretty much since since unique have been in um and i see this argued a lot and obviously things have been bad recently we we planned this podcast prior to the the palace game um and so it's it's picking up again and it was sung at the game a couple of times um But I don't feel like I see this position argued very well, Um, which doesn't mean that there isn't a good argument to be had. Or even if no one's making the argument, it doesn't necessarily mean that um, it shouldn't be argued. Um, So I sort of wanted to dive into it a little bit. I'm not exactly like Enoch in, but I'm definitely an Enoch out skeptic. So I guess Mm -hmm. my sort of my main thing is like when you say Enoch out, what does that actually mean?
3: okay so um i'm just gonna sort of pick up on a a few things that you said there so um so i made some kind of notes for this when i was preparing but then i ended up getting sidetracked at work so the only thing i've written down for this sort of intro bit is got four bullet points and they are anxiety tottenham daniel levy and brexit so (laughs) i'm gonna gonna sort of contextualize all of this with with that as an intro um so i've Personally, been um, what you might sort of label as Enoch out, um, I would say at least since the end of Musso Positino's tenure, um, mm-hmm. which I'm sure we'll sort of get to a bit later on. But that, for me, that was the, the, the real breaking point. I know... Um, and I just wanted to point out early doors. I don't speak for anyone. I'm not like a, a spokesperson sure. of any groups. I know that there's a lot of splinter groups at the moment. Um, there's a lot of separate movements and a lot of separate groups and people and protests and all that kind of stuff. I don't, I don't you know, I'm not a spokesperson for any of those. I'm just a season ticket holder of opinions. That's, that's literally all that that I am. Um, and since I've sort of, I've, I've been mixing around, you know, I've been having discussions with people and arguments with people and, um, you know, discourse around this particular area. Um, it 's gained a couple of of key, key moments. One was the super League, which was obviously a kind of yeah a big catalyst in getting support, but I personally feel like this kind of two three week period since i 've taken a keen interest in it as has is the is the time where i 've seen the more sort of or the most sort of growth in the movement um, and that might be amplified by things like twitter, but it 's certainly been in the media in the last week or so more than it has over the last couple of years i I would personally say. Um, and I just want to kind of contextualise why that might be or why this kind of thing might be happening at the moment, um, just by thinking about what it's like to be a Tottenham fan at the moment. Um, there seems to be a lot of frustration around the, the you know, the fan base and, the, and anxiety around the fan base. Um, and I, I think there's a few different reasons for that. I think the first reason is we're going for a, a terrible rough patch in form. Um, obviously, we did win against Crystal Palace, but like the, the overall style of play has been pretty poor all season. Um, and it's not really been an enjoyable season as a football fan um second we we, our manager is kind of coming out often and with a lot of mixed messages he is not signing um a contract extension anytime soon by the sound of things or or it's at least going to be delayed until summer if it even happens at all um and he's kind of a little bit of back and forth between him and the owners in the media as well um and then I think the, the sort of cherry on the cake of all of that is that Arsenal are top of the Premier League, which gives a huge amount of natural anxiety to our fan base. Sure, yeah. Um, and coupled with the fact that sort of our rivals at the moment seem to be linked with a lot of the sort of calibre of players which are quite quite worrying for us as as competitors. Mm-hmm. Um, I think another sort of spike happened even before uh, we lost to Aston Villa was Liverpool signing Gakpo, seemed to be a, a sort of big factor online, so... I just wanted to like contextualise why a lot of the fans are being frustrated and why we might be seeing this kind of spike. And you can maybe attribute some of those things to Daniel Evianini, or it could just be the sort of the way that we're experiencing Tottenham at the moment, sort of catalyse all of this um, as a rough patch. Um, I also think uh, one of my bullet points is Brexit. <laughs> like, I think like since Brexit, the way that we sort of communicate online has become it's really different. It's like so partisan, everything is so polarised, everything is like in or out or this or that um and i think in the wake of that we're seeing some like pretty horrible stuff from from all sorts of all corners of life um and i don't know how you feel about that but i feel like one of the sort of negative things about all of this is that there's a lot of kind of um vitriol between between tottenham fans and that kind of a culture of um of some quite unpleasant stuff which i think is not helping anyone i don't know I don't know what you think about that
2: no, actually, because you do you think you could dive into that a little more? What you mean by that exactly? Is that just like the general level of discussion online?
3: Yeah, and um, I, you know, I I align myself. I know I align myself with um, you know, as we'll get into in a second. Um, I'm not a fan of Daniel Levy or Enoch at the moment, um, but some of the things that I'm seeing online are quite upsetting, um, especially the things that stray into anti-Semitism. Sure, um, and I think it's very disappointing, and I think regardless of your sort of views on Daniel Levy and Enoch or whatever, regardless of anything, um, you know, just on a human level, that is totally unacceptable for all of us as a fan base. And it's disappointing if when it does venture into that kind of thing. So I think that's been a real disappointment for me. Um, And it's it's just a sort of... I don't know if you've been on Twitter the last few days. The kind of back and forth between both groups has got quite heated and unpleasant. There's been sort of threats of violence on both sides and all this kind of stuff. It's (laughs) it's just a kind of... I don't know. It's not a very nice place to be. So what I would like to do and what I think would be better for all of us if we kind of get behind all of this stuff um, and sort of obviously... That kind of stuff, we need to be calling out and like de- degrading and sort of disagreeing with and all that kind of stuff. But I think I don't think it's going to help anyone. Is my overall point Like, that's what is the point of doing all this if we're gonna if we're gonna stray into that? So I am um, glad that you invited me on so we can have like an actual discussion about it because I don't think that's helping any either side.
2: Yeah, no, I am definitely with you there. I feel like um, I feel like I catch a lot of strays from from the out group because like I am like I am definitely not Levy or Enigma or any billionaires like biggest fan right so i'm not i'm not out here batting for Enoch or levy um but i get a lot of like if i'm like oh i'm not really sure that you know pedro Porra is worth 40 million it's like you idiots don't you understand this is what levy wants you to think it's like I, i i calm down so i definitely get that um like the the you know people we're all kind of worked up about this stuff right when when spurs are losing but um yeah the anti-semitism Obviously that is that is quite present. I do think that there's obviously definitely gonna be examples of like fully um out there extreme anti Semitism directed at, mm-hmm. at the Jewish chairman and and the Jewish owner of Enich, majority owner of Enoch. Um but I also see I feel like I'm seeing a lot of sort of um careless anti Semitism as well, where people are using tropes, maybe not intentionally, but definitely carelessly. So um if you're calling Levy greedy, it's like, hmm, maybe that's not even necessarily wrong uh, or inaccurate, but you want to be careful, right? I don't think he's any more greedy than any of the non Jewish chairman, of any other Premier League clubs. When people use the word parasite, and I'm seeing the word parasite being used a lot, it's like you just, just, just pick a different phrasing, pick a different way of getting your messages across because you're just really muddying the waters describing Jewish people that way.
3: Yeah, and I think we just owe it as a, as a fan base of a traditionally, a club of a traditional strong Jewish history um, to certainly like educate ourselves on that kind of thing and educate them why um Jewish people might be upset with those kind of that kind of language and those kind of tropes and things like that so I think the very least that we can do um it's just like it's just you know stay fully away from that kind of thing and just we just owe it to to to, to everyone really to to sort of to be better than that really I think um, yeah. and I think obviously the, the sort of the pitfalls are, are that a lot of the discussions that we have about Enoch are about money um yeah but I just think we owe it to ourselves to be to certainly have that in the back of our minds at all times
2: yeah yeah definitely definitely i think if if there's gonna be and obviously this is something to come on to later but if there is gonna be progress within this movement, it's never gonna come through through being anti semitic basically because that's always just going to be dismissed if you don't don't want to be dismissed as just racist um then you need a more a more coherent message i definitely agree with you on that um you mentioned the super league um and, yeah, that is something that, like a lot of Spurs fans, that really, really upset me. Um, I felt completely betrayed by Levy and Enoch. Um, I think that, you know, the whole concept is a complete disgrace. Um, but with, you know, weeks and months past in the cold light of day, I do think, like... Um, isn't any chairman, isn't any owner in the position that Spurs are in also going to involve themselves in when you're asking for Enoch to go? And this is sort of the bigger question is, what are you looking for in an in owner other than Enoch? Um, I think the the problem with that question is at at the
3: moment I don't foresee a future in which Enoch will go in any time soon. Yeah. Um, I think like um, if you sort of research into um, online about the information that is there about Enoch and their plans for the future there's quite a lot online about their sort of medium to long term plan of redeveloping Tottenham High Road. Um, Quite a lot of online suggests that they're at the beginning of a nine to ten year plan of doing that. Um, Lots of building work lots of plans you know develop cinemas and things like that so I wonder if, like, instead of, like, where can we sort of aim what we want to change? So, for me, the biggest problem in all of this is I think Daniel Levy is a a terrible football operator. Um, I think since, certainly since the second of Mauricio Pochettino, he's made a series of of terrible football decisions. Um, And obviously, which will, again, a discussion which we'll have a bit later on, if if we're going into new owners, you know, on all those sort of, the worries that that could bring, you know, especially if we look at clubs like Newcastle um, and Everton um, and all that kind of stuff, which I know we'll get into later. Um, I think for me, what I would like is just Daniel Levy to fully step away from the football operators of this football club. Um, and I was listening to you guys talk on Monday where we were talking about... Um, since Fabio Paratici was hired, that was sort of suggested in the media that Daniel Levy has taken a step back from the football club. Yeah. But as you both rightly said, that doesn't really seem to be happening in, in any way. Like he seems to be quite still heavily involved. Um, as you guys mentioned on Monday, there's like the Spence deal. Um, Antonio Conte is always sort of talking about he's meeting with Daniel Levy all the time, which, which is not necessarily a bad thing. Of course, the chairman of the football club, you want to be meeting with the manager, but he still sounds like he's heavily involved. Um, so... What I would like to happen if we are, if we, if Enoch on, you know, and and one of the other things which I think I would to do with that as well is at the moment, uh, Man United and Liverpool are up for sale. So I think that kind of pushes us down the pecking order for any potential buyers. Yeah. Um, quite bad, quite, you know, we're, we're certainly behind those two. Um, so rather than look for a future without Enoch, is that even a realistic aim at the moment? I'm not so sure that it is. So if we accept that as a truth, then, what I would like to see is Daniel Levy totally removed from the football decisions. Um, because I think he, he is at the moment making a terrible job of it.
2: Wow. Yeah. I mean, I, that's sort of, um, I think we're a lot closer to each other than, <laughs> than maybe we realized coming into this. Yeah. I, I, I definitely support a lot of what you're saying there. Um, you said, you no, know, you, you can only speak for yourself. Um, you can't speak for others. Do you, do you think that that is, um, uh, a fairly common position within the unique out movement?
3: Well, I think, oh, again, I don't, I like I say, I don't speak for anyone. Sure. What I do speak is, for is my um, experiences of talking to those people. Yeah. And what I will say about that is in the summer, when it looks like we were starting to take steps towards um, being the kind of football club that fans want to see, like we withdrew that 150 million um, and it was reported, you know, obviously wrongly now. It was sort of labelled as a war chest, which I don't think helped anyone. Mm. Um, but at that point, and there, we were making some exciting signings. It started to look like we were sort of behaving that way. Um, you know, the, 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 the fan base was happy and it was aligned. And people weren't calling for Enoch to go necessarily at, at that specific point. Um, so I think, like, and this is my wider view on all of it, we all want the same thing at the end of the day. We all want all we all want is Tottenham to be successful and Tottenham to be enjoyable and have a connection between Tottenham again, which we seem to be rapidly losing as a fan base at the moment. Um so in answer to your question, I think if we do start to operate in a football club that sort of is more successful, is more connected to the fan base again, is more sort of enjoyable to be a part of to be a community with then I think that is the future that everyone wants whether so Enoch or anyone is in charge of it we all want the same thing at the end of the day
2: yeah yeah um I think I want to come back to to spending and the summer I want to talk about mm-hmm. because you've mentioned this sort of this cut point you mentioned after Pochettino you also mentioned bringing Perattici in um I just want to get your feelings for um Levy Outside of direct involvement with football itself, mm-hmm. um, and also sort of the job up to Pochettino, mm-hmm. do you not think that there there ought to be a lot of praise there um, for that period of time and what he's done with the stadium?
3: Yeah, of, of course. You'd be, I think, you'd be a fool not to, because like um, I started going to Tottenham as a kid and in, in the with my dad, and like the progress since then has been fantastic. Like. Um at one point in my life I didn't, you know, dream that we'd ever be in the Champions League, even that seems so yeah. far from my from even a possibility. Um and we if you could say one thing about the, the last 21 years of ENIP ownership, we've been pretty damn good at bit getting into the Champions League, which is a decent thing. Um <clears throat> and something to be to applauded for. Again, we have been, we've moved into a new stadium, which um, is hopefully, which again, another point of, of contention, which I'm sure we'll come on to a bit later on as well, but hopefully we perceived would take us on to the next level too. Um, we have vastly grown as a club. Um, and I think the, the, the sad thing about it as always is we've not been successfully with trophies, which I think is a lot of, um, Whenever when when this sort of argument comes up is a, is a big big thing and I, and that's a shame that that hasn't happened. Um, so I definitely think my again my opinion on Daniel Levy and Enoch is this is as far as they can take us. I don't see a, foresee a future where we can get any better um, or any more successful than we are now under the current ownership. So that's why I would like some kind of change at the moment. I think they've taken us as far as I they can, and I do, really do appreciate that. But I just don't foresee any 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 the next step being taken under Daniel Levy's ownership at the moment.
2: Do, do you think then, I, I think that's a reasonable position to have. Do you think then that that is um, a reflection on like Levy's skills as a chairman, or do you think it's simply the financial reality of um, an investment company who um, only wants to use the funds that are already within the club outside of the, maybe the money they did or did not put in, in the summer?
3: Um, I think it's a little bit of both. I, I think that, the biggest thing that has cost us um, over the, the the sort of from when we started getting into the Champions League to where we are now, the biggest thing that sort of hindered us from going to that next level is we didn't ever like take a risk when we perhaps could have done to push on to that next level. Mm. Um, it happened under Harry Redknapp when we were he, he kind of had us sort of challenging for the league title or at least in the in the sort of top three and we went into that that famous January window and didn't improve the squad. Then um, happened again under Prostini where we you know and this was. For me, the lowest point of, of our of the whole thing is when we went eighteen months without signing a single player when we yeah. were pretty pretty much the best team in the country at that point um, and, and certainly we're well within a realistic shot of a title title challenge um, and we even did go on a couple of title challenges in those years too um so I think like obviously you need to take into account the fact that we are not we don't generate um we don't spend and we don't, you know, there, there are the Chelsea's and the Man Cities and the Man United's and Liverpool's there. But the, the sad thing about it is, to me, is we enabled ourselves into a position where we can mix with those on the field. And it's that sort of final step which we didn't take. And that maybe if we'd invested a little bit more, we'd have seen the rewards of that. Um, and it's, I think the biggest downfall of it is that we just haven't ever gambled like once on one of those transfer windows. Um, and as a result, we've never kicked on and, and, and won anything under that time.
2: Yeah I mean I I think that um the failures especially of the summer 2018 window are um hard to over criticize for sure um I th- I felt like we when we spent on Ndombele the Celso Cessignon, that window, I felt mm. like that was, I mean, it, it was definitely the most we spent in the window that felt like a, a step forward in our expenditure. Yeah. And that felt like a gamble to me at the time. It's a gamble that hasn't paid off on those players, yeah. obviously. Uh, I, just, I, it? it's, yeah, I I think,
3: yeah, I took, w- when we signed in Dombele, I genuinely felt like this is it now. We're yeah. signing a 60 million pound player, one of the best players in Europe. And it's just like, so typical Tottenham that that failed like miserably, like, I thought that was going to be the one. I really did, and I think we all did. And again, you, you can kind of maybe sort of equate that to this summer where we sort of spent uh, over 100 million pounds, um, bought in some players which we the, the, the like which we don't normally see, like Richarlison, 60 million pounds. Richarlison. we bought in Perisic, who on who is an old player on a very high, con- uh, very high wages. Um, and again, that again, we seem to have regressed from where we were last season. So, I think it's kind of worth noting that the. <laughs> And this is, the, I guess, is it luck or is it, or is it bad decision making? The times that we have gambled haven't paid off, and the times that we didn't gamble when we should have gambled. But again, a lot of the, another sort of thing that you have to consider. That is, that's easy to say with hindsight, but um, again, it's just a shame that when we did gamble and we did look towards making some
1: positive moves, it's just not paid off.
2: Yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's fair.
1: Small details are big surfaces.
0: For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com.
2: You felt good about last summer spending at the time. How did you feel about sort of Enoch and Levy at the time of that summer?
3: I felt I, I, at the beginning I felt really really good um, when you know I think we sort of signed Basuma Perisic and McAllister quite early on in the window and everyone was um, and we were thinking right this is the the Enoch and the the Daniel Levy that we've wanted to see the whole time like going out there spending money on decent players that the manager seems to want um, I think if we look back at that take a couple of steps back to look at that window now I think before that window even happened I think the two things that we'd have also and again I know that you you guys said this on Monday but the two things that we wanted more than anything were a left centre-back and a right wing-back. Um, and those were two areas which we didn't strengthen in the way that we were all possibly should have strengthened. Um, so while I think this summer, and what I also appreciate as well is that the fact that two of the club's biggest assets, Undombele um, and La Celso, were essentially written off, yeah. um, you know, just sent away on loan, which is, again, that's a, that's a definite form of back in the manager. Um and I think where it's like where again, if we're talking about the football decisions that Daniel Levy makes, the problem is is that it, it, it's a kind of history of peeing itself that we've seen over the last few years is high-end players, the manager doesn't necessarily want, um do we kind of fully go into this thing where we're going to actually properly spend money now on, on and I think the the interview that came out a couple of weeks ago now with with conte was was a bit concerning for me, where he basically essentially said, "I wanted this." I want to players like Casemiro, um, and the board don't want that, and that just kind of made me feel like what what are we even doing with all this again? Like, why yeah. we have a manager that wants one thing, we have a club that apparently wants a different thing. What? Why are we wasting our time doing this again? We've seen this before in the past. The last few managers, um, it's just that kind of the fuzzy thinking that kind of leaves us with: Are we going to fully back this manager? Or are we kind of go half half hearted? Um, and I think like what. Kind of the downfall of us at the moment is there are two models which you can obviously go down as a as a football club of our kind of of our kind of stature, um, and they're kind of simplistically summed up by our two biggest rivals of Arsenal and Chelsea, or certainly Chelsea and the be here anyway, you can kind of go down this sort of quick success route that Chelsea go down where they just get a manager in like Conte or Mourinho, and obviously we've ended up with both of those in in the near future. Um, and give them loads of money, loads of experienced players and just try and win a trophy next season, which has worked very, very well for Chelsea over three years. Or you can kind of go down this sort of more project-based route um, that Arsenal are going down. And I'm not discounting the fact that they have spent more money over the last three years than anyone. Um, And back a manager with like um, a philosophy, a football philosophy, a clear football philosophy, get some really decent young players in, get a clear football and develop that over three years. Um, and I think the problem is we can't decide which of those two things that we want to be, and we're like the bastard son of both of them without any other success. Um, yeah. And I think that is the problem at the moment with 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 Daniel Levy and, and Tottenham. Like, what do you want to be? Do you want to be Chelsea, hire Antonio Conte, Jose Mourinho, or do you want to be like we were um, and get like an Arteta, Pochettino type manager? And I think the inability to decide which of those two things they want to do is costing us dearly at the moment.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I I completely agree with you. I think um, on all of that yeah so um i just want to go back to something if if i can um
3: which i know that it's going to be because i when you asked you do a lot of the um do a lot of the Enoch out people think, uh, I think, I can't remember the exact question you asked, something about like the would basically I want to talk about getting a new owner, like yeah. the idea of getting a new owner. Um, because I do think that a lot of Enoch out people want a new owner. Because, yeah. you know, and all the reasons that I've just listed about Enoch, um, I think it's reasonable to to have, to have that as a as an idea, or at least to have it as a, a discussion. Um, <clears throat> and I think like the concerns about that for me are obviously... Um, who is going to buy us at the moment? Yeah. Are we going to be bought over by like a sports washing regime, which is obviously very, you know, I don't think any of us want that at the moment. Are we going to be bought by like an American billionaire? Um, <clears throat> but I, I do think, I do, I, when you said, do, do you think most people in the Enoch out um, circles would want to stick with Enoch and for them to improve? I think the answer is no. I do think a lot of people would want a new owner. And I, I guess we can maybe like have a little discussion about the sort of what might happen if that if that was presented itself or whatever
2: yeah yeah i mean i think (laughs) a lot of fans obviously they're looking for i don't know who's going to come in and spend a lot of money and invest a lot of money um i think that that um there is risk with that obviously if you have a sports washing enterprise um then we're talking about um a person or a company or a nation with an enormous amount of money that they essentially can't run out of in, in within football spending Um, so there's not the risk there but with investors um, if you look at Everton for example um, they've invested a lot of money badly (laughs) and Everton might get relegated sometime soon and then what happens to the debt what happens with the current ownership I know there's been some mix-up recently in terms of shares involved in that so I do think there's some risk there and the other option is kind of you either accept that there's, there's risk with new owners and people investing their own money and then trying to pull their own money back out, or we're talking about a sports washing enterprise. Um, neither of those are that appealing to me. Obviously, there is the third option of um, smart, super wealthy, and therefore typically American um, investors, like we've seen Todd Bowley at Chelsea. Um, he's part owner of, is it the Dodgers, I think? Um, he's mm-hmm. a very rich man. He's immediately come in, spent an enormous amount of money some of it, I think, not too great, like bringing Yang in at his age. Um, it's been kind of a scattergun approach, but maybe he's going to calm down and settle down. They just bought Baddy Shili, who I think would have been excellent for us in the summer. Um, and there's some sort of sustainability there, perhaps. Uh, and he comes from uh, an American sports background, so there's more of an analytical kind of thinking. So those things do exist. And you can look at... Um, FSG with Liverpool the way that they've invested, they have spent their own money. Um, they spent their own money quite wisely, although not first. Um there's sort of a whole story there. Um, but they spent their own money and now they're looking to return on the money they've invested through a sale. So there are there is a happy medium in there, somewhat happy medium. I mean, I still think that these are <laughs> reprehensible characters. Here's the thing, right? <laughs> Just for a moment, it's the thing. Um Actually I am an Enoch out because I am a radical socialist who believes that workers should own the means of production, that there should be no mass private enterprise ownership, that the idea of that at all is is theft of the common people and that um all of the billionaire class should be punished for their horrifying crimes against humanity, right? So I do have an unique out position, but I understand that we're very far from there. I don't think the revolution is going to start at Tottenham Hotspur Football Club. Uh, and my sort of means of achieving that goal is primarily through the di- democratic sort of political party process. Um, in terms of what that actually means um, within football, um, we're probably talking about fan ownership, um, democratic fan decision making and fan staffing Um, but within the fines of capitalism um, while we're still there I kind of feel like Enoch are probably the best of a bad bunch and I feel like outside of Enoch if we're looking to move away from them as owners um, we're either welcoming the horrifying uh, reality of sports watching or we're going to be taking an enormous risk um, with a financial enterprise
3: yeah, and I and I so don't, don't get me wrong. I, I would love like to, to roll the dice and see what would happen in the future if we had new owners. Yeah. The reason why I'm, I'm talking about Enoch staying and changing is because I just don't foresee it. I do I do not see them selling it anytime soon. I just do not see that as a thing. And I think you know a lot of the the sort of thing that you get um, in the discourse is that. You know what happens if our if a if a if a reprehensible owner came in and bought us. But I, I totally agree with you. Like, like Joe Lewis himself has got a lot. of... it's yeah. certainly not free of controversy. If you sort of there's a lot of interesting threads on uh, Koi's Reddit about his um, about the people of Patagonia and yeah. what their views are on Joe Lewis. And there's a lot of like you know there's a lot of. I personally think um, there's a lot of weight to the argument that there are no, simply no good billionaires. <laughs> like, it's just not. So, like, I don't know. I just think I would love to roll the dice on new owners and see what happens. Um, the reason why I think we, the discussion needs to be what happened, how could Enoch change to be better is just because I just don't foresee them selling anytime soon. It, it, for, for me, it just doesn't seem a, a possibility. The, the only thing that I would say about that, though, is, like, on a human level, like, Daniel Levy in the last two games has been sat with his family, and there's been some loud chart like chant, and I don't know if you've seen on on both the games. There's been like um, shots of Daniel Levy sitting with his family whilst these chants are going on, and he looks very, very uncomfortable, as anyone would. So the the one thing that I do wonder is like if these chants are happening every single game, and if it's like the atmosphere is that toxic, is there a point where Daniel Levy thinks, right, do you know what? I, I'm not going to take this anymore, and I'm gonna I'm gonna try and try and move on from all of this. Um that that was one thing that I did wonder, but aside from that like before that kind of thinking about it on a human level of what it's like to experience being sat around your family and having like thousands of people chant against you like what that would be like on a human level. Um, I don't see a foresee I don't foresee a future where Enix sell anytime soon.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I think um yeah, I mean obviously I'm I'm a different person from Daniel Even but the idea of, you know, 10, 20,000 people calling for me to go to fuck off, basically. It's like a, not a pleasant thought. Um, yeah, and if sure... that sort of
3: transpires over a few games, like, I don't know. What, yeah, who maybe. knows what,
2: the difference that it could make? I, who knows? I, feel like, I feel like if it got to him, he would not come out into the stands. That would yeah. be the difference, that he wouldn't subject yeah. himself to that. Not that he would be like, oh, I guess I'll sell for cheaper than I want to. Because the other thing <laughs> is that we haven't really touched on is like, Spurs have always been for sale the moment Enoch purchases right because as
3: any businesses as any businesses because
2: they are looking for a return on their investment um negotiations have sort of gone on a, a little bit a couple of times um but it seems like seems like um they have a very high asking price above sort of maybe most people are speculating the value is in the market um so a sale has not happened um, and i don't
3: think like the the sale of chelsea helps like i think that sort of was obviously like a um a yardstick for us as a it? like a, a club of similar size and um what did they sell for like 4.5 billion was it or something like that in the end
2: or? yes and that also involved move, removing the enormous amount of debt that was mm. that was owed as well by the club to abramovich um obviously there are major sort of political circumstances surrounding that deal but yeah i mean i guess Todd Bolu was probably the market that Enoch yeah. were looking at. And I don't know, there's, there are quite a lot of billionaires, but how many with sort of interest in football and um, as high risk takers as well in that regard? Yeah, maybe, maybe that is quite significant. The fact that... You know, and I think you, it,
3: coupled with Man United and Liverpool as well, yeah. I just think that just makes it very difficult to see what any future where they sell anytime soon, which I think yeah. um, is definitely worth thinking
2: about in the argument i wonder if and and this is like a economics is not my area and a, a sample of three clubs is is not huge but like i wonder if um united and liverpool being up for sale is an indication of where the market is headed whether people are going to want to get out of football maybe it's heading in an edited direction or maybe i've got a complete opposite wrong read on it and because it's growing rapidly now is a an. A, good time to attract buyers i don't know that's kind of above my head to be honest that sort of stuff um i you you've you've acknowledged definitely um that a sale is pretty unlikely i i wanted to um, talk about mike ashley we've mentioned everton um i think yeah. Basically, every Everton fan has become sick of their ownership. Um, I think definitely Newcastle. I think every Newcastle fan at one point or another, and for a lot of them, a lot of the time, wanted Mike Ashley gone. And they chanted and they tweeted and they protested and he didn't sell. And they were relegated and he didn't sell. Uh, And then a buyer came along who was going to offer an enormous amount of money. And then he sold. And that, for me, is the biggest indicator that um, we can probably make Levy stop sitting in the stands. Mm-hmm. But I don't think, as you, you've you already said, I don't think that we could make him want to sell the club for any lower than his current asking price, no matter how high that is.
3: And I think maybe uh, it, if we accept that that is the truth, that it's unlikely that the club will be sold, like maybe on on some level, the sort of visible and notable unrest between the fan base, um, both online and in stadiums at the moment, maybe the very least that it will do is force them to maybe act differently and sort of... um, in some you know either in some ways address fans concerns and an attempt to put things right between the fans and the club because like like i said at the beginning like all we all want is is tottenham to be successful and tottenham to be enjoyable and tottenham to be connected um, and this, the 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 very the saddest thing about all of this for me is we had it We had that with Mauricio Pochettino. We had everything that we wanted. We had everything that we needed um, as a fan base. We had a manager that everyone believed in. We had a a team that we were incredibly proud of. We had a style of football that we were incredibly proud of. Um, And through a series of bad football decisions, we lost it all. And it it ultimately amounted to... I know that's a philosophical... To say that it amounted to nothing is being reductive of the the times that we had over that period, which will be, at the moment, the best times of my Tottenham sport in life. Um, But we blew it in the end. And that for me is the saddest thing about their whole tenure is that we had everything that we wanted and it's gone and i at the moment i don't see any signs of it coming back anytime soon because um of the sort of reasons that we spoke about earlier
2: yeah yeah i think i think that's all um very agreeable yeah i think hmm, i guess with with everything established so far right um I I fully support a message that Levy should step further away from the football side of things than he has done. He's done a good job in terms of uh, you know, commercial enterprise, um, managing the stadium there. Um, but his hiring of Perattici should have been the end of his involvement in or the very near to end of his involvement mm-hmm. within football um i think that we're never going to get much of a budge on their asking price i, do, I think if we if we staged protest if we uh, blanket didn't attend games that it wouldn't have much effect on the price that they're looking for on their investment to be honest um but there was reporting before, I think it was when when uh, Kane Hoy, who are not completely detached from Todd Bowley, were, were inquiring before. There was reporting that Levy wanted to remain on as chairman after a sale. So I think if you combine Levy's continued involvement in um, football dealings to this day, if you look at... Um, the general message of you've done a good job getting us to this level, but now you are uh, you have a different task. And while you might be good at growing a club from a mid-table club to a Champions League club, the skill of developing a Champions League club to a Champions League winning club is not a skill that you have. And um, oh, I've already forgotten which two I've combined together now and which one is missing. <laughs> the, the The element of wanting to remain as chairman. Um, then if the message is Levy, step back, then I think that, ha- that I have absolute support for that. Um, if the messages leave you step away from the football sides, the messages leave you don't continue as chairman, as a condition of a sale, um, then, then I'm, I'm in full support. Then I, will, then I will support that movement on this podcast. I will attend a protest in person um, or whatever else. I guess my question is, do you think that that message gets across via the hashtag Enoch out?
3: No, I don't, and I, I, I think that, and I again, I, I probably, um, um, I think a lot of the people that are are part of the unique out circle, and that is a being part of an unique. There isn't like a, a big group where everyone sure. gets together and talks about this thing. So there's, it's kind of just the the, the people that basically w- or are aligned to the fact that of that of that persuasion. Anyway, um, you know, I don't think, um, I don't, I don't think. I think a lot of them would would prefer new owners. To be honest, um, I think, and as we were talking about at the very beginning, this whole this sort of Brexit thing. Um, I think most of the community want new owners and they want Enoch removed. My take on that is, as much as I would l- like that to happen, I, um, I, with the obvious concerns that we had, we discussed just now, um, I just I just can't see it. So I think maybe we need to rethink the strategy and rethink the message. Um, because it's certainly a more realistic aim, I think. So maybe the hashtag should be NX, change, Levy, step back, again, which obviously you can't hashtag, so maybe that's why. Hmm. Again, that comes back to the way that we could communicate since Brexit now. It's just one or the other, isn't it? So um, I do definitely think there's an interesting discussion to be had about that, and I do think um, perhaps the discussion should be how can we improve under Enix ownership um, if there is no foreseeable sale in the offing
2: yeah yeah i think i think yeah i think um i mean this podcast but to answer your to answer your, your sorry to answer your original questions
3: I, I was waffling a bit there is that is that no i don't think a lot of the people um that are in out would be happy with that either i just think it's got to a point now where people it's been like a, a long time under under enix Been 21 years and i think people have, have had enough um and i think they want something new and i i think for the reasons we've spoken about um completely understand that and i just don't know how realistic that is but i definitely can understand why people just want something new because we're kind of in a a very similar position that we were even under harry redknapp at the moment where we're sort of going for the it's just again we're in that same sort of cycle that has been a repetition of the last 10 11 years of of ownership so i think people just want something new yeah
2: yeah Uh, and i can understand that but as as we've sort of been over it's, it seems so far from from plausible to be honest i think um so Windy and also the the ex subs on discord they started a a hashtag campaign when it came to light like that um katuso had had a history of homophobic comments and and misogynistic comments and i I was genuinely shocked but it it worked right w levy found out or whatever um and and the links went away, and it was reported that it was it was because it came to their attention um, the comments that he'd made. So for me, that makes. I, and again, I was surprised that that succeeded, right? Um,
3: and also, there was the incident where um, incident where Daniel Levy um, the furlough scheme thing came into happen, yes. and the club very quickly U turned after like an online um, dissent into like people calling them out for it. So there's definitely a ground to for this sort of idea that an online community and an online voice and an online challenge can definitely have a real impact at the very top level of a football club so i don't yeah to, to add to your point that you're just saying that
2: yeah which is what which is why i feel i think that if there was to be a levy step back movement that that had some level of possibility of, of actually having an effect and i and i would throw my support behind that movement
3: and that is, that's is—that's actually genuinely hashtagable, isn't it, as well? Leave step back. Leave step back. <laughs> it sounds, it's, quite, it's quite catchy.
2: Awesome. Billy, thank you very much for coming on and, and sharing. No, more. man, it's
3: been, my, it's been my pleasure. It's been a pleasure. And, um, and like I said, I think my main message about this whole thing is we all want the same thing. We, we all just want Tottenham to be good and Tottenham to be successful. Um, and if that happens under new owners, if that happens under Enoch, then we're all happy. That's all that we all want.
2: You have been listening to The Extra Inch with me, Windy, my sidekick and best friend, Barney, and our tactics guy, Nathan A. Clark. If you like this, there's plenty more at patreon.com forward slash The Extra Production is by Nathan A. Clark. Our logo, artwork and website are designed by Creighton Miller. Our music is by David Lindmer. You can find him on Instagram at David Lindmer. Do check him out, he's great. great, great. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at The Extra Inch. Email us at podcast at the uk. Okay. Subscribe, leave us a rating and a review. And most importantly, be sure to tell all of your Spurs friends. Shout out to the x we love every single last one of you. And of course, come on you Spurs.